What's happening? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Tuesday? Today is February 7th, 2023. What is going on out there? How are we doing this week? It is Super Bowl week, so we are having Super Bowl-themed shows. On today's show, we're going to talk about a few things for how to approach betting these prop bets for the Super Bowl. Now, on Tuesdays, we do math theory, different math things, and it's not always actually directly related to sports betting, but today it will be. We'll talk about identifying winnable bets. Okay, so there's one thing between stupid props that no one should make in the Super Bowl or dumb bets that are kind of fun that you can still make money in. And we'll talk about those differences on how to identify those bets. We'll also talk about some of these trends that are coming out and why you should generally ignore these trends in the Super Bowl or in anything really, but they are front and center on social media and TV in Super Bowl week. So these ridiculous trends that get thrown around that really have no predictive value whatsoever. So we'll talk about all that on today's show. Want to thank Better Edge. Better Edge has gotten rid of the minus 110, aka they're letting you bet risk-free. Check them out whether you're a, a amateur or whether you've been doing this for 20 years. Everyone can make more money betting with Better Edge. Online, B-E-T-T-O-R, like sports better, edge.com. Put in promo code SBD for a free 20 bucks upon signing up. Also want to thank Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has got some great contests going this uh, Super Sunday. Thrive takes player props to the next level. So really, if you're a player prop better or you want to get more involved with player props, Thrive Fantasy is perfect. They have all kinds of contests and they're giving away a lot of money uh, this uh, this Super Bowl, like I said. And the, the great thing is, we talk about Thrive all the time on here. They have daily fantasy style games and you build a lineup with player props. So it's not like DraftKings or FanDuel, where you're going to get like hundreds of thousands of people in these huge tournaments, it's only a couple thousand. You've got a chance to win some real money with Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up for a deposit match up to $100. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Super Bowl is this Sunday, obviously. And a lot of people out there, including myself, like to have all those crazy Super Bowl bets. There's everything from the normal, the normal props you get you know, uh, player over-unders, Travis Kelsey receiving totals, touchdown totals, things like that. But there's also all kinds of wacky bets like, you know, will the price of Bitcoin go up? What color will Rihanna's dress be at halftime? Which commercial will air first? You know, Pringles or M&Ms. So all these different crazy bets, it's fun. It gives us an opportunity to bet on things we normally don't have a chance to. And as I've said before, I'm going to repeat this probably a, a lot this week. Know why you're betting the Super Bowl. If you're betting the Super Bowl to actually make money, that's one approach. If you're betting the Super Bowl to have some fun, spend some money as if you would maybe going and playing some golf, right? It's the same thing. Either you're going to sit home, watch Super Bowl, spend some money on the bets, or you, you go out, play some golf, get some drinks with your friends. It's the same thing. You're having fun, spending some money. Sometimes you have to spend money to do certain things. That's sort of how this is looked at. And you have a chance to win money. And so that's what you first have to identify. Why the hell are you betting whatever you're betting in the Super Bowl? I will I will admit, uh, I've told you guys before, I go to Vegas every year for the Super Bowl. So I'm in Las Vegas for the game, and I don't really bet to make a profit. I'm not betting NHL when I'm out there. I'm not betting soccer when I'm out there. Now, here's the thing. I am betting those sports with my, with my like gambling money, but it's not my sports betting bankroll. So I'm essentially taking those couple days off, and I'm just looking to have a good time. So if I'm betting... It's the same reason why I'll play some goddamn roulette. I am well aware of the house edge and roulette. 
You know, it's it, it's not going to stop me from having some fun with my buddies, putting some money down, getting a drink. Like, there's a difference between grinding what I do, you know, making sure I, I have positive EV every bet, making a living, or going to Vegas having some fun. So that's how I look at it. However, you look at it should dictate and define what bets you make and uh, how bets you put on those bets. So there's a good way to to distinguish winnable bets from non-winnable bets before you even make a bet. And that's from the household. So we're going to talk about how to calculate the household in just a minute. But let me explain what the household is. Uh, remember earlier in the show how I said you can sign up with Better Edge and they've gotten rid of the minus 110? What you're doing when you get rid of the minus 110 is you're taking the risk away. You're betting a dollar to win a dollar on pretty much everything. So you're going to go 50-50 lifetime. You're going to win 50-50 lifetime. You're not expected to lose. That's not what sportsbooks are into. Sportsbooks like making money. So what they do is they charge minus 110 on each side. Well, that minus 110 represents something. That represents 52.38%. When in reality, the sportsbook thinks there's a 50% chance of whatever they're offering happening. So they built in a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a household. The way to calculate this is very simple. Go to the Action Network. I'll do it with you. It is called, let's pull it up here. Action Network Betting Calculator Odds Calculator. It's just like what comes up on my computer. So Action Network, the odds calculator, not the betting calculator. So the Action Network odds calculator, uh, just type that into Google, it'll pop right up. What you're going to want to do when you have this pulled up is type in the American odds minus 110, okay? And what you're going to see is 52.38 under the implied odds section. All we have to do for any bet that we have is total up any selection in the given bet and then do some simple addition with the implied odds. However many numbers over 100 the implied odds add up to, that's the household. So for your classic bet, minus 110 and minus 110, we simply do 52.38 plus 52.38, which is going to give us 104.76. So 104.76 equals a 4.76% household. Now, that's standard. That's average. We are all, when we make a minus 110 bet or a minus 120 bet where the other side's plus one uh, plus 100 or a minus 130 plus 110 bet, anything with that straddle of 20 cents, you're, um, you're betting into a market that has a hold of about 4.76%. Uh, that's what we're accepting. We know that every time we make a minus 110 bet. So what you can do is for any, let's say, touched first touchdown score, all you've got to do is type in every American odds. It's going to take a minute or two, but you type in every single American odds and you can eventually total up what the household is. And what you'll find is that the household is outrageously jacked up and overpriced for some of these bets. That's why they're inherently bad bets to make. Now, again, my whole point of today's show and other shows where we talk about this sort of stuff is simply to educate the public, right? It's like, if you want to make this bet, I don't give a shit. Make whatever bet you want to. It's your money. Just understand the math behind it, what you're really betting into. So let's see here. I'm pulling up right now DraftKings. It seems to be one of the more popular uh, books to make bets on. So let's see here. DraftKings, first touch on score. We've got Travis Kelsey, leader in the clubhouse, uh, plus 650. So we'd go to the American odds, type in 650, and that equals 13.33%. Let's write that down. 13.33%. And 
And then we're going to go to the next player, Jalen Hurts, 700. That equals 8%. And then we're, we're going to write that down, and we're going to go to the next player, Miles Sanders. He's also plus 700, which is also 8%. So, so far, we've got 13.33, and then 8%, and 8%. We just add all these up. So, eventually, there's going to be, you know, 20, 25 people on here. You put all of the numbers on there and add them up. And uh, I actually already did the math for you. It adds up to, let's see here, 100, <laughs> oh boy, it adds up to, 133.19. So we're talking about a 33.19% household. Think about that. The average household we're betting into for a minus 110 bet is 4.76%. I personally would want nothing to do with a with a house edge cuz here's the difference. The harder the higher this number is, the less money we get back. It doesn't make the bet any harder or easier to win, right? Because the same outcome is going to happen the same percentage of the time. All that changes with the household is the amount of money they pay us back. So Travis Kelsey may score the first touchdown, and you may win that bet. And if you put $100 down to win $650, you may win $650. The point, though, is that that probably should pay closer to 8 to 1 or 9 to 1 or 10 to 1. If you take Devontae Smith at 13 to 1 and he scores first, yes, you'll make 13 to 1 on whatever you bet, but it should be closer to 17 to one, if not 20 to one. So that's the idea with the household. And just to magnify what the household means, think of it like this. Right now, the classic bet in like the NBA, NFL, you bet minus 110 on each side. What if sports books changed the way they did business and now all of a sudden you had to pay minus 200 on each side? Not many people would do that. And that's because the household is obviously being raised way too much in front of us, but that, that's obvious. It's not as obvious when they sneak it in with so many options. The more options, like first touchdown score, the more chances are you're going to have a ridiculous household because they can sneak in little overcharges here or there, right? Now, once sports betting becomes more and more legal and, and, and regulated and people understand it more, this is probably like 15, 20 years away, this isn't going to exist because it's the same idea as walking into a, a, a convenience store and noticing that if there's a Reese's that's being sold for $4.50, most of us know that's too expensive. Most of us know that if you're going to buy a Reese's, it, it shouldn't cost more than a couple bucks. If you're paying over $4 for a, a normal Reese's with two of the Reese's in there, most people are going to go, no, this is overpriced. But on that same note, most people don't pull up the first touchdown score and go, uh, A.J. Brown, 10 to 1. Nah, that's too expensive. Most people are like, hey, hey, 10 to 1, give me that bet. Ooh, let's go. People don't have no clue what they're looking at when they go through a sports book, sift through all the possibilities. So it's only a matter of time till, till people get there. I just think, maybe skeptically, we're a couple decades away from that point. So the first touchdown score, look, if you want to bed to a 33.19% household, have at it. But that's what we talk about on the show, understanding what's going on there. So honestly, I would much rather bet on, will the price of Bitcoin go up or down during the Super Bowl, a 4.76% household, than I would the first touchdown score, a 33.19% household. So that's how you calculate households for all the different Super Bowl bets. I think that's very, very important as we look at some of these uh one of thousands of prop bets we can make for the Chiefs and uh, Eagles. All right, uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about trends versus angles. This is also important because what I'm seeing, a little, uh, a little trend in itself, is that on social media, there's a bunch of fucking losers 
posting all these trends that have nothing to do, that have zero, zero predictive value. And they're just wheeling them out there. Here you go. Here you go. It's like, this is like the time of the year where you just start eye rolling if you're a real pro because all this nonsense and all this BS that gets peddled out there from pseudo professionals. And some of these trends look like this. The last five Madden simulation winners have gone on to lose a Super Bowl. Or the last six Super Bowl coin toss losers have won the Super Bowl. Or uh, the Drake curse, right? The last like five teams Drake has rooted for and wore their jersey, they lost. These are things that are fun. They're certainly entertaining. They certainly get clicks, but they're bullshit. They've got no value. They are, I mean, if you're going to bet that way, you may as well just, you know, have your dog pick random tennis balls. Those have no value. But here's the thing is people see value, and we'll do a whole show on this next week when we're not focused on the Super Bowl, but it's really interesting, the psychology of why people play certain bets. And a lot of people just make a certain bet because of preconceived ideas, preconceived notions, that's one thing, but also they're seeing patterns where they don't exist. Have you ever sat down at a Baccarat table and they give you that that piece of paper where you can track, was it the player, the bank, or a tie? What a lot of people will do is they'll sit there at the background table and they'll track hand after hand. They'll track hundreds of hands and they'll say, look, the, the, the trend is it goes player, player, bank, player, player, bank, player, player, bank. Well, we've got two players in a row. What should we expect next? This is all just magical. This is all just made up in people's minds. It's got zero mathematical uh, uh, certainty, much less, you know, theory behind it. It's just a flaw of a human being. So if you're going to be a better sports better, we have to identify that we're humans. We're going to have these flaws. We just have to uh, understand that and fight it and adjust those. Okay. When I was in college back, back my, my first stint in college, my late teens, early twenties, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I took some pre-med classes and I will never forget my biology teacher, Dr. Corkin. God, what a guy. Uh, I remember him saying, well, class, biologists, no, he goes, uh, humans are lazy and biologists are humans. Therefore, biologists are lazy. <laughs> right? And it's funny because it's sort of true. Like if you think that you can be non-biased or non-partisan in, in like your sports betting, good luck. It's, it's built into our DNA. It's who we are. We look for storytelling. We look for trends. It's like literally part of being a human being. We look for patterns. The only flaw is we will often find patterns that just don't exist. It's, it's noise. It doesn't have a real meaning. And that brings me back to the idea of trends versus angles. What happens generally is people who dive into data for handicapping are looking for angles and they stumble upon trends. If you find something like uh, the under in NFL games has hit 30 and 7. So the last 37 games... The under is 30 and 7 when wind miles are over 20, uh, 20 miles an hour or more. That's actually an angle. That's a bettable angle. And here's the reason why. Again, to repeat, trends, not bettable. Angles are certainly bettable. If an angle slides or if you find a trend that slides, it's usually bettable. Okay, now that's a little nuance, but follow me here. So in this example, NFL unders are 30 and 7. The last 37 games played in 20 uh, plus mile an hour wins. What we can deduce from that is if the winds go up to 25, 30 miles an hour, the trend will probably get worse. If the wind comes down to 15, 20 miles an hour, the trend will probably get better, right? So it slides. The, whatever we're talking about in the, in the trend, the factor in the trend, if we can slide that factor, it's generally going to be a bettable thing. 
If it doesn't slide, aka uh, NFL road underdogs are, you know, 20 and 25 against the spread this year, that's not bettable. There's nothing to slide in there. Or uh, baseball teams playing on a Wednesday from the American League East are 10 and 38 against the spread this year, right? These are not things that slide. Generally, if it doesn't slide, it's not going to be a huge bettable uh, angle or trend. So that's just one example. We can go all day with examples of what is and what isn't, but I guess the point here is be very wary. If you find something that is a, that seems like a trend, you know, uh, home teams are nine and two their last whatever it is. Like you know that I think we're all familiar with trends. Uh, Kansas City is ten and zero last ten games off an Andy Reid buy. There's there's all different kinds of things. You have to do your best to try and distinguish: is this something that's bettable or not? And a good way to start is to say, does this slide? Now the one we just gave Andy Reid off a buy that could certainly be bettable. It doesn't slide. Actually, I'm going to take that back uh, and see this is nuanced, right? I'm even talking myself out of, out of certain ideas during the podcast. But honestly, I bet if we find Andy Reid off of six days rest, he's probably not as good as if he has seven days off. And he's probably not as good then as if he has eight days. So that probably is actually a trend that slides. But let me give you a trend that doesn't slide that is bettable. So it'd be considered an angle. It would be Kirk Cousins not playing in that early time slot on, on a Sunday morning. And this has been kind of well-known in the betting universe and in the sports betting world that when Kirk Cousins gets out of that time slot, he doesn't do well. Now, here's what happened is about five or six years ago, the seeds of this were planted. And the narrative was Kirk Cousins isn't good in prime time. I think we can all remember this, right? Kirk Cousins under the lights. Oh, look at his bad record Monday Night Football. Well, it took only a little bit of statistics and a little bit of data, you know, work to find that it wasn't just the primetime games, it was any game that wasn't in that early 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. So quickly, we learned that that's, that's a bettable thing. When Kirk Cousins gets out of that early time slot, that's bettable. Now, we didn't know why for a long time. And then it came out a few you know years afterwards that Kirk Cousins said on an interview, he's pretty much like, OCD, like he has to, like he's diagnosable OCD. He has to do everything the exact same every single day. He's got like his day written out to the minute. He has like a, like a, a, a little itinerary every single day. So obviously a person like that, so OCD, if he doesn't play in his normal comfortable time slot, it's, it's going to be a bettable angle. Now, of course, sportsbooks got a hold of this, and the Kirk Cousins non early time slot is no longer bettable because once sportsbooks get it, and they price it into the line, that's no longer something we can bet. So trends versus angles, they look very similar. Okay, it's like a, like a set of twins. One of them's nice, one of them's a murderer. <laughs> trends are not bettable. Trends are what losers use to justify what they want to bet. Angles are real quantifiable things that are not accounted for in the line that we can make real money on. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Stay tuned later on this week. We're going to have a whole bunch of Super Bowl shows coming up. So, that does it for today. Uh, good luck, like I said, whatever you've got. Hope you cast some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.